I want to hit on this subject again, and I've mentioned it before, but not so directly. But I'm going to now because I believe that a lot of the crypto industry is flat out breaking the law. Now, is it worth it? First of all, do you agree that it's breaking the law or not? Do you agree that basically what DeFi is, which is decentralized finance, stands for it stands for de decentralized finance. What's going on there? Well, we have lending, right? We have liquidity pools, which is acting as an exchange, an automated mar market um, setup where people can exchange assets, can swap assets. Um, you have people investing in these, right? People who are earning fees from putting their tokens at risk through a smart contract um, through these protocols, which are often called DAOs, uh, because why are they called DAOs? Well, because you you don't have a centralized you you don't have a centralized entity providing a order book like on a central exchange. You have to attract a lot of liquidity, and this is what was going on in the summer of DeFi. It was all about copying each other providing these decentralized financial services uh, without without any regulation. And I think that the people in DeFi think that, well, because everything is open, because it's all on the blockchain and technically anyone can go see it. Um, therefore, it's not a scam, it's not a fraud. Or we, we can do no wrong because the code is doing it, not me. Well, the law doesn't work that way. And I'm kind of a hobbyist lawyer myself. And I'll probably go to law school uh, eventually, or maybe go the non-traditional route of, you know, getting a law degree, or maybe I'll just go work for some law firm. Um, but I'm very interested in the law. And I can tell you for a fact that our law, our laws do not consider your code to be independent of you. They're looking at as a whole in context, what it is that DeFi is doing? What it is, what is this protocol's goal? Who is profiting from this? Who is at risk from this? Is there a real agreement between any of these parties? Um, what are the, what are the rules, the structure? What is the structure of the organization and who has responsibility, who has responsibility for what it is they're putting out in the world and, and, and who can come and use that? And at the end of the day, if you're putting out, especially if you're a dev, and I really, I, I really hate to um, to write on these creative people, these creative devs. I mean, they're very creative, right? They came up with the automatic ma uh, market making. They came up with the flashbots. You know, when I first heard of flashbots, and then Mev, right? I thought this was so cool, and I thought it was cool that you could just replace a transaction and basically steal what they saw and replace it with your own address and like recoup the arbitrage or recoup some kind of cool thing that you found out in the code. I mean, that's awesome, right? I thought that was really cool. And then, you know, this guy was likening it to, you know, my, what might've been going on and what probably still goes on to some degree, uh, we see with Robinhood, uh, where they sell order flow. They sell order flow to other exchanges and this is how they're making their money. 
in order to in order for Robinhood to say that you have free trades, they have to make their money somehow. Um, so it's just hidden from you. Now, I think a lot of people in crypto will say, well, um, you know, not everybody can have a Robinhood account. <laughs> uh, you know, I'd say a Robinhood's a lot easier. I don't have a Robinhood account, but you know, back in the day, you know, you had to get like an E-Trade account. I mean, a little bit, it's a little bit harder. You know, it's a little bit more complicated a form you got to fill out to execute a, you know, call order <laughs> or sell order or a buy order. Um, you know, I don't know. With Robinhood, I, you know, you just see it's the gamified, and it's all it's all pre- presented in a different way. It's not really investing. It's like you're playing a game or you're on social media or something, you know, I'm, I'm surprised maybe Robinhood has this thing where you, where you can publish it to your followers that you bought, you know, hundred, hundred uh, calls on, on, you know, GME. Maybe they have that. I'd be surprised if they don't, um, but it's probably the next feature they're working on. The point is, is that the law exists not to give you disclosures. Like, so crypto, I mean, it does exist to give you disclosures in some degree. Um, because what, what the law wants to do is they want to make sure that if you invest in some kind of investment contract, that you're given proper disclosures, that you're not um, being defrauded. And basically fraud means you're being, you're handing over your money, you know, voluntarily. No one's got a gun to your head, but it is theft because, because you've been misled or you've been denied a crucial piece of information. And the problem with the DeFi products is that there's no one taking ownership of the protocol out there. Now, this is what they say. Now, I don't really think that no one owns this product and that no one can be held responsible. I actually think they can be. I'm just telling you how the devs think who create these things. They think that they are, they won't be held responsible for the code they push out to the world that, that provides some kind of decks that provides an automated, automated market making um, liquidity pool, smart contract, whatever you want to call it. Uh, I think they're completely wrong. And I think that unfortunately, just to go back to big picture here, unfortunately, the law is not being enforced right now, but people are breaking it. And as you see more and more people breaking the law or, or even being unclear, because a lot of people will say, and the, the people pushing DeFi actually benefit from this uh, um, gray area, right? So because no one's bringing enforcement actions or no one's um, actually bringing cases to court, even privately, civil cases, um, that gives the people of DeFi ammunition to say, hey, look, what we're doing is not wrong, right? We're, we're not doing anything wrong. We're not breaking the rules. And hey, look, just go beat the code. That's my, that's my disclosure. I mean, no one owns this as a DAO or no one owns this. I just put the code out. I'm not responsible for this code. Um, and often they say things, you know, like, yeah, there could be bugs in here or whatever. Uh, there's this one guy who says, yeah, I, I, I test in production. I mean, at least he's disclosing it, but it, that's not enough. Like, I don't think this guy... I don't think that's enough because <laughs> not everyone that comes across your protocol or your smart contract is going to have seen you say, I test in production. Um, so and you have no legal protection. Anyone can see you. 
if you put out code like this that does something. I'm not talking about code on GitHub that's just sitting there. This is actually, you're pushing out to the blockchain. This is like runnable code. Your code is actually facilitating payments or lending. And lending and payments are regulated activities. You just have to understand that concept to realize you're breaking the law if you're not registering your product with the SEC or, or becoming a money transmitter and KYCing or any of this other stuff. And I get it. You don't like the you don't like these rules. They're they're burdensome. They're costly. Uh, and you know, with a tyrannical government, they may not let somebody participate. I get it. I totally get it. The problem is, is that you don't fix these things by by breaking the law and um, telling everybody you're breaking the law or pretending like you, you, you think it's okay. And, you know, in your DeFi, just think this gives you a free pass, realize that there's very powerful political people who know you're breaking the law and who can put you in jail basically, you know, tomorrow. I mean, not tomorrow, but, you know, they can arrest you for, for these crimes. And you are not going to be able to say, hey, no one else was going to jail or, hey, I didn't know this was the law. Or, hey, you're doing this retroactively. No, they're not. Because as the law exists and, and uh, did exist when you broke it, um, the, law, the law has always existed, right? You just, you just wanted to interpret it differently and pretend like you weren't. Um, that you, you built something uh, under this new regime that didn't have to abide by the rule of law. Um, and I would just say you're taking a big risk. I mean, money laundering, I think is a federal crime or a felony. I mean, it, you can get five years in prison, um, for that kind of stuff. And again, I think any protocol on DeFi, DeFi is pretty much doing unlicensed, you know, money laundering. Um, not, sorry, not money laundering, money transmitting, <laughs> Yeah, money laundering is a thing too, but but money transmitting, I think, is the big one um, that they can get you on. And I think that it's unwise to not think that that people that you that don't like you, that, I mean, because you're basically saying that you don't like them. You know, you're calling the elite, you know, scums and, and tyrannical. Well, they don't like you either. And if they have the political power, they can go after you. I mean, even if they don't have the political power, I mean, they can go after you. <laughs> um, they'll find somebody who will, right? Because you have to have money transmitter licenses in all 50 states. And guess what? Some states really don't like crypto. There are some states that do, but there are some states that really don't. And the more enemies that you piss off, um, the, the, the greater chance at a later date that they're going to use this and say, well, you know, pretty much everyone on the right, you know, in this movement um, against the, you know, freedom truckers or whatever, they all kind of play around in crypto. Well, what do all these people have in common? They're all breaking the law. They're all breaking the law. All these people are, are you know, conducting um, money transmission. They're not licensed. Uh, they're issuing securities left and right with all these new token projects. Um, and they're making all kinds of money and they're buying political power because as crypto has grown, as the sector has, has seen massive inflows of cash, the sector then buys more political power. I've noticed this and I've been really, really, I've been annoyed by it because 
um, you know, back in the day when I first learned about crypto, it was interesting because it was a freedom um, movement. But nowadays, you can't be in crypto and pretend like you're for freedom. And I get it. A lot of people who used to be libertarian are sort of saying, I'm not libertarian anymore because I realize you have to have power. And to some degree, I get it. I think it's because, you know, with a status system, everyone's vying for their own particular industry and you sort of have to get political power or else you could be shut down. And the crypto people, I mean, it's life or death for them, I think. I think they realize it. That's why they have such a hardcore lobbyist group is because they realize, I think, that deep down what they're doing is is is, is illegal or could be interpreted as being illegal because, remember, law is just an opinion. Uh, if you get the wrong people with the wrong opinion about, you know, whether your thing is a security or you're actually, you know, is, uh, as a as a DAO, you're you're actually, you know, it's not just some group of people. You actually there is a structure, there's responsibility, and you're conducting, you know, an, uh, an exchange that's not regulated. And it's not only it's not only not regulated, but it doesn't even follow basic basic rules about uh, money payments and in in you know saying that you're you're watching you're watching this and you're reporting anything suspicious i mean it's not it's it's not even doing any of that i mean it's incredible that the fact that they've let this go so long and i think i think sentiment is changing and i think that when cra- the crash occurs if it does that's when to really watch out because there's going to be a lot of people that are really mad that they lose a lot of money they're going to go crying to regulators and politicians. These politicians are going to be more than happy. They're going to change. They're going to snap, right? So Ted Cruz, right? Um, you know, they're going to basically the mayor of Miami. They're going to say, "Yeah, no, Bitcoin. I just I was swindled too. I'm a victim. I'm a victim. Yeah, because they convinced me it was so cool, and I didn't realize I was helping you lose. You know, all these people lose money. He's going to." He's going to turn on you so fast. And I'll just say this about Ted Cruz. I found I found a video of him. And the crypto Bitcoin people were passing it around. And he said something really interesting. He said, I hope that Bitcoin doesn't become like Silicon Valley. He said that Bitcoin, and I'm, I, was, I listened to this twice because I was surprised. Because at first I thought he was saying, I hope Austin doesn't become like Silicon Valley, right? But no, he said, I hope Bitcoin doesn't become like Silicon Valley in the 90s because he said in Silicon Valley used to be this kind of libertarian type place. And then they went lefty and then they went like totalitarian and then they went where they were going to try to um, be, you know, big brother or whatever or align with government. But, but it kind of makes sense now. Libertarians don't have power. And I mean, to survive in a status world, you have to go, you have to like go for power. Um, so I get it in a sense. But he basically said, I hope that Bitcoin doesn't go left or totalitarian. And I, and I think what he's saying is, you know, Bitcoin started off as a freedom movement and we'll see what happens. And I totally agree with it. But I think it's funny because it's ironic because he's a politician and they're wooing him. And so is he, is he basically making a statement here that's saying, hey, they got to me. And this is what the Bitcoiners are. They're powerful. They got to me. They got to all these different politicians and mayors. Um, they they're have a huge lobbyist group. They have control of senators. Now they're tracking to see which senators own Bitcoin. You know, there's this big thing going on right now where they're trying to get senators to stop trading stocks. You know, it's an abomination because they have insider info and then they trade stocks. And everyone hates that, including Bitcoiners. 
Yet the Bitcoiners are very hypocritical because they want to see who, which senators own Bitcoin, right, and get them on their team. Well, how is that any different, right? I mean, it's a little bit different because I don't think anyone's voting for like a senator because just because they bought Apple stock, right? But it just shows that these people have interests and these interests can be bought, right, with enough political power. So I just thought that was interesting that Ted Cruz was saying, hey, I hope Bitcoin doesn't go to, go lefty like Silicon Valley did. And yet, you know, he's he's proof that, that Bitcoin is starting to become political. Um, it's starting to make political enemies be, by becoming political, because if you go for power, other people that have it or that are that don't like you are going to just go after you. Right. I think the crypto industry, they have a lot of power. They do. But they need to realize, I hope that they realize that you you can lose power very quickly if you broke the law, right? And a lot of politicians think, I mean, a lot of politicians, I suppose, are above the law, right? They think they are. No one should be above the law, but apparently they are. Um, but if you break the law, they have something to throw at you. And they can throw the whole industry basically under the bus. Because everyone involved in it, I think, is... Not everyone involved, but like the miners of Bitcoin, the miners of Ethereum, money transmitters are not registered. Um, all the DeFi's again, uh, providing services, money transmission. Uh, that's an easy one. Money transmission is, is a lot easier than saying something is security, although you could argue that it, it shouldn't be easier. I mean, securities, if anyone's investing in something because they think it's going to go up uh, and the work is done by, you know, other people and there's people promoting it, obviously it's a security. Uh, and that's basically most things in crypto are securities. And I'll just comment one more time. I saw this clip by Liz Clayman on Fox Business talking to Gary Gensler, long interview, talking about Ethereum versus Ripple and how like basically Liz was saying, well, why isn't Ethereum a security? And, you know, Gensler can't comment, but he basically said it was. Like he didn't say it was, but he basically said, anytime you take, you know, investments. And then uh, they basically had an ICO. So he thinks it is. I mean, does that mean he's going to bring enforcement action? I mean, it's possible. It's just, what I'm saying is it's, it's something in their war chest. They got this tool belt full of Ethereum is a security. All these DEXs are transmitting money, uh, money transmission, money laundering, these DAOs are organizations too. And these all these, we can figure out who's responsible for all these DAOs. Um, it doesn't matter what creative setup you think you have. There are people that are going to be responsible here uh, and held accountable for criminal acts. Um, so, and the miners are, are conducting money transmission. So all this stuff could be easily shut down. NFTs as well. Uh, easily, easily shut down. So the question is, why haven't it? Been, why hasn't it been shut down? And could it be in the future? And if you're making political inroads and you're seizing political power, uh, I think that you have more to fear. <laughs> um, so on the one hand, I get that that Bitcoin almost needs to seize it because they uh, they don't want to be shut down, and they they know they they're they're doing something probably illegal, and so they want the power, but. At the same time, they make enemies. They make enemies. And that power could be used against you, especially if, you know, you're a Bitcoin miner and you're, 
you know, you're breaking all kinds of, of laws in the money transmission uh, area. So I don't think that, I think people are just saying, well, so much money is being made is worth the risk. Nobody's being uh, gone after. And I think it's still a big risk to take because again, just all the reasons that I, that I said.